This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you. Yes, you. You listening to this right now through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Our Patreon where every Sunday you get an entire extra bonus episode of this podcast. You get me and Maureen talking to you. If you give it that 5 or $10 a month level, that $10 a month level also gets you a sticker in the mail every month because you become a member of the Says Who Sticker Club. Go sign up at patreon.com slash says who. Now, listen to a story about December time when you're out buying some gifts for maybe some people and you're thinking, what do I get them? And then you think books and then you think books and then you think I could get them a book. That's right. It's books, a new thing that you can get for people or yourself, whatever. Hey, books, I've written some. Why not? And you can, if you want, okay, I'm just going to say it, be your guide to not getting murdered in a quaint English village. I'm hearing from more and more people that this is becoming their gift go-to. It's a perfect gift book. I mean, I just, I don't know what to think. I'm just, it is what it is. Like people You don't are like, need to give it to someone that's a big reader. So it's, it's, a, it's short, little bits of writing, and it's funny. You got your grandma, she likes the Midsummer Murders, she likes the mystery. You say, hey, got you this. Yeah. You're not really going to go wrong. Can't. You can buy multiple copies. You can buy all the copies in the store. And tell them to buy more and they just hand them out to people. There's one for you. There's one for you. Or the box in the woods. Get them a murder mystery. It's Get true. them a truly devious. You have to because I'm writing this new book right now. <laughs> Please, for the love of God. <laughs> Books. You can go to your local independent bookseller for all of those things, or you can go to kickbezosintheballs.org and go ahead and order directly from our very own little bookshop where little money goes to us, a little money goes to indie bookstores, and books go to you via the mail. Uh, kickbezosintheballs.org. I just want to say that uh, Box in the Woods was a finalist. In the Goodreads Reader's Choice Awards for Best YA Book. And also it's been named one of Kirkus's Best YA Books of uh, 2021. So Boom. it's gotten some extra little perks at the end, at the end of year wrap-ups. People are like, that's a good one. It's like a solid, you know, some murder mystery. You want some murder mystery? There you go. It's good. Oh, it's you guys, a good one. You guys have already heard about this. Like there's none of you that are like, what is this? Because, you know. Well, you know but me. they might be wondering... What do I get for people? It's a good I'm, one. Honestly, the the um, the murder mystery guide. I went up to sign some. There's a independent bookstore on the Upper West Side that's always like, please come up and sign some books. And if I we took Dex up to walk her through Central Park the other day, I guess on Sunday, and I stopped in. I was like, hey, I'm gonna here to sign all those books. And I'm like, well, they're gone. We sold them out. They, so they've sold them out multiple times. So people are that's, buying them as gifts. Yeah, so. I buy it. It's good. It's a good gift and you can get it at kickbezosintheballs.org if you're looking for other good gifts you can also go to merch.sayswhopodcast.com you can get kick bezos in the balls shirts and hoodies you can get a whole bunch of says who stuff and you can get two stickers directly grabbed by a six-year-old from the says who sticker club grab bag 
That's right. You can get two stickers, random pull from all of the stickers that we sent out uh, from the sticker club in 2021. You can go to merch.sayswhopodcast.com and get all that stuff. All right, Maureen, uh, it's time to get going. What's going on? Not coming out today, Dad. No? Fuck off. Okay. Oh. oh my. Spooky. Sazu! <gasps> How was that? I mean, you didn't finish. The podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I'm Dan Sinker. And I'm Maureen Johnson. You're out of breath now. Dan. Maureen. I don't know what it was about this week. <laughs> I mean, it's only Tuesday. Ah, uh, that's not good. I woke up fully thinking it was Thursday today. Because you don't know what the fuck's going on, do you? And the only thing that brought me back to realizing it wasn't Thursday was when I was trying to remember what we had talked about this week. I was like, yeah. I think we haven't recorded yet. Dan, last week after we recorded. Yeah. Uh, on Wednesday, did we record it? We recorded a bonus episode this Saturday or no? I can't No, remember. we did not. Okay, great. So, so have you even seen the new hair? Yeah, I saw the new hair last week. On Tuesday? Yeah. I'm sort of figuring this out, you it's guys. All I'm working, it's all coming together. It's all coming together. I work at this point because it's deadline. It's seven days a week and I'm just always at my desk. Yeah. So I differentiating the days is can be tricky. Like I know that I went to Central Park on Sunday. I know okay. I went outside on Sunday. So I'm like, Sunday, <laughs> I was outside. Um, but Sunday on Wednesday, was your yard day. We take we go, we get in a cab and we go up to Central Park. We do it now once every three to four weeks. And okay. we kind of walk around for two to three hours. That's nice. Really let Dex stretch her legs and she gets so excited. She whines the whole time. She's she gets Aww. so she's like uh, 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 she whines uh, in the cab or she whines the whole walk. When she get first gets there, she just can't believe it's happening, and then she just starts barking this excited bark, just uh, 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 uh. but um. So on Wednesday, last Wednesday night, my friend, she of the bed bug apartment, yeah. Uh, was going to come here to stay. She had to be, she had to come down to the city for something. And because she has no apartment here now, she's like, can I stay with you for a couple nights? And she lives on the side of a mountain, Dan. She didn't really see anybody. So it was like, sure, you know, she's come and stayed here before. And just kind of randomly before she gets in the car, she's like, I've been feeling kind of tired. Nothing, you know, nothing in particular, but she's like, I'm just going to take this COVID test in my closet. Oh, shit. And she texts me to say, hey, I'm not getting in my car um, because she's supposed to get in her car at like two or something. And she's like, this test came back positive. What the fuck? So she goes to the urgent care clinic uh, where they do two tests. Apparently, I guess they do two separate samples. 
And she gets the, you know, an hour later, they let her know that she's definitely positive. She has COVID. Um, now, again, she lives on a mountainside. Right. By herself. Mountain cabin. A lot of so mountain COVID going around. So she's like, what? First of all, she was a little freaked out that she was going to have COVID by herself on a mountainside. Yeah, understandable. Um, so my mom has been... My mom has been being nurse mom and texting with her every day. And she's actually, she's doing okay. Um, but I tweeted about this because it was a really good thing for her to do. Because otherwise yeah. she would have come here. She she would have had COVID. And you would have had COVID. And then we would have had COVID. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this is so great. Like she, just before getting in the car, before she came to stay, she she tests herself. Finds out she's positive. Yeah. This is how you do it. Like you. Yeah. She literally prevented a spread here in New York because she was going to an event. Right. So she would have seen maybe 20 people. Uh, and the only thing that she'd been to was an outdoor gathering, like a holiday outdoor gathering. Yeah. So she seems to have gotten it at an outdoor holiday gathering. Yeah. Now it used to be like, they're like outdoors. You don't really catch it. Right. Um, but that does appear to be where she caught it. Well, did was she peeing in a bush? Like, what? was there indoor, were there indoor moments in that there were, outdoor it, there gathering? Were a couple, there were a couple indoor moments. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, but I also think that maybe just being super up close with people outside could potentially also do it. Yeah. Um. So she is doing okay, but I tweeted this. Let me tell you, Dan, occasionally you tweet something and you're like, this is just a nice thing to tell people. Yeah. And then my life was taken over by the tweet. Oh, yeah. Dan, it, it got some wings under it. When I think I last showed it to you, it had 156,000 likes. Yeah. It had been shared at the last time I looked about 15,000 times. Fun. Which meant that my mentions... We're, We're just giant. full of w good well-wishers and thoughtful people and nice comments. 60 to 70% that. Oh, okay. But then 30 to 40% sheer unmitigated madness. Yeah. Madness. Sounds right. Just, just weird gravy in my mentions all the time. Just people that straight up said things like COVID is not real. Oh, yeah. In a way that I was like, I know there are people out there that think that, but I've just not ever met one that was like, mm -hmm. it's not even a real thing. Um, so I, there was a lot of that going on. Uh, and so for a couple of days, I just had bad, weird gravy mentions. Um, so that's sort of my story is like, <laughs> just don't. Or do, do, you know, I do mention the right thing because she did the right thing, you guys. And yeah. because of that, we were not exposed to COVID through her. Well, good job. Um, now, the UK, Dan, yeah. is a place. Which is where you should be right now. I, in theory, right now today would have been leaving London. Yeah. To go somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, to my in-laws. And I'm not. I'm sitting here at my desk. You are indeed. Uh, because the UK is bonkers right now, <laughs> a little bit. 
um, the Omicron rates are, they increased one day. In one day, the increase was 60 to 65%. Fun. Of, I mean, Omicron spreads real fast. Yeah. It's a quicken. Very. And it's whipping around. Now, that the big scandal, though, in the UK this week, which I have been following very closely, and it is definitely not over. You guys, last year, uh, there was a very hot, there was a heavy lockdown in England. Now, the way England did lockdown during COVID in the beginning was like, we're not going to do it. Everybody is fine. Just run around. No, it's ended badly. Quickly, everyone inside, board up your windows. It's come out. Board up your window. And so they were constantly swinging from it's fine. Do nothing. Go everywhere. Touch everything to wall yourself up inside of your house. You can't even go outside. Every like People were given permission to go outside for one hour a day right. for physical exercise. And you couldn't go outside for any unnecessary reason. So people would be like, someone's walking two blocks away from their house. Like it was very, very strict. Yeah. Because they'd done, made so many terrible choices right. that they then had to go into these heavy duty lockdowns. And there were some heavy duty lockdowns around Christmas last year, Dan. They were heavy duty and you weren't supposed to be doing stuff. Yeah. But the thing was, Boris Johnson, the prime minister, was doing things as were all the people in his cabinet and his and his ghoulies, goo, yeah. ghoulies, goonies, ghoulies, his ghoulies. And um, they were having some parties, and um, they had been there had been rumors of these parties for a long time. They were like, "No, we weren't." And then they got some videos, <laughs> including one of his press secretary doing a practice for her press conference which they just record on their phone or something in which she's asked about the party and just starts laughing about <laughs> it and saying, Oh, uh, well, Good. it was just a cheese of wine and it was uh, <laughs> not socially distant. <laughs> what am I supposed to say about it? So <laughs> basically she's just laughing her ass off about the fact that they totally had this party and how is she supposed to lie about it? Now, no one was supposed to see this video, Dan, now, this has real The Wire feelings of, are you fucking taking notes on a fucking criminal conspiracy yeah. about it? But they they got the video, Dan. The press got the video, and they released it. And the prime minister was like, there was no party. And they're like, the party was in your house. And he's like, <laughs> nope. And so then they said, well, then they asked the police, and the police said, there was no gathering but if there was a gathering, it didn't violate the rules. So we weren't, aren't going to look into it. Sure. And then some minister said things like, it's not in the habit of the police to look into crimes that happened in the past. To yeah. which people rightly said, that is literally all that police do. Because future crime does yeah. not really exist yet outside of minority report. The old Britain future crime unit. So... So Boris Johnson kind of kept coming out and saying, just kept tripping over his own dick in incredible, increasingly insane ways. And then people got pictures of him hosting the pub quiz at the party. He's literally sitting there asking the questions because they're having a fucking pub quiz. This 
is the most English scandal of all time. <laughs> it's so stupid. And yet it's real. Like, it's a really bad thing. Um, so there is a lot of, there's a crisis of confidence in Boris Johnson. But there's yeah. also this tsunami, as he calls it, of Omicron that's bursting out all over. And so he's he's kind of coming out over and over announcing new regulations to which no one wants to abide because they were like, the last time you put these regulations up, you had a party in your yeah. house and laughed at us about it. So the UK is really losing its shit. <laughs> and it's they have both all the regulations and none of them. Yeah. Like they keep kind of changing all the regulations, saying everything's going to be much more strict now, but also we're taking... We're removing the self-isolating mandate. If you're exposed to someone, you just have to get tested every 24 hours. Right. Which is, I mean, to which I said kind of what? Right. And I saw, you know, the the UK has for a very long time made uh, rapid antigen tests available to everyone in the uk the same exact test that you buy here in the states for 25 bucks for two they'll send you seven uh just by asking for them you can also pick them up all over the place and i saw the same day that they announced that uh the new policy was you should just do daily tests if you get exposed uh people went to the government website to order the tests and they are out of tests yes they're out of tests they also Boris Johnson sort of in the middle of the night did any, an emergency press conference, not at the press room, but at the table. So you knew it was serious. Like it was from inside number 10. And he said, we're going to get a million people boosted by Monday or something. Like it was something yeah. crazy. And they hadn't actually told the people doing the boosting who oh, said, what's that? Uh, we don't, uh, we don't, uh, was it, was it? So all of the booster sites, um, their systems basically melted. Yeah. Uh, then you're supposed to show your vaccine, your NHS vaccine passport thing. That system crashed. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. Everyone I know in the UK right now is, is just sort of looking straight to camera <laughs> just yeah. all the time. Um, and uh, another friend of mine there has also just tested positive. For COVID, she's also doing okay, but you know she's got COVID. She's lost her sense of taste and smell and all that. Um, she's stuck inside of her house. But because I've, yeah, just this week, I've multiple people I know have got it. Um, and because I've been yours truly here is writing seven days a week. Yeah. When I reach this deadline stage, I have my medical condition tends to flare up. Yeah. It's just a function. It just always happens. It's totally fine. It doesn't feel very good, but it's fine. But now I have this paranoia. Yeah. That I'm like, wow, my body hurts all over and I'm exhausted. And Oscar goes into the office sometimes. Right. And so now I have this box. I got found them on sale, Dan. And so I bought a stack of six boxes of vinyl. Oh, yeah. And I open the closet. And I look at them. And then I close the closet and then I'm like, oh, I feel like such crap. And then I open, I'm like, it's a flare. And then I close it. Flash forward to me two hours later, standing at the kitchen counter with the thing up my nose going, oh, fucking, I can't waste these tests, Maureen. Yeah. Anyway, 
That's the story from here, Dan. The UK nailing it, just absolutely crushing it right now. UK people, I love you. You are. And we're looking at that January trip, Dan, that we're supposed to be. Uh, oh, yeah. That'll be nice. There's a lot of headlines that say crisis in UK in Jan- expected in January, tsunami Perfect. expected in January, tidal wave of, oh. of Omicron expected. Oh, I thought you meant uh, actual. I think at this point they'd be like, yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) But it seems like um, the UK is just going to have all the Omicron by January. Well, Um, the good news is that whatever happens in the UK does not ever be the thing that then happens here a month later. mm, mm. So we've got we've got that luck going for us. We there in the history of covid never has what's happened in the UK been then what happens here. COVID and turfs, man. COVID and turfs. Good stuff. It's a bad band. It's a bad, bad name. Good stuff. Well, uh, speaking of Omicron, Maureen, we are beginning to learn more about it. Um, You know, it has really only been with us since the day after Thanksgiving in terms of knowing about it. It's been with us since before that, obviously. Uh, But we finally got a big study yesterday released by South Africa that looked at over 200,000 cases um, and found that hospitalization appears to be about 30 percent lower than other strains of COVID. So uh, original theories that Omicron may, in fact, be a less severe version of COVID are starting to look correct, which is great. Uh, The vast majority of those that are being hospitalized are unvaccinated in South Africa as well. However, the study also found that two doses of the vaccine alone only offer about 30 percent protection against contracting COVID. Again, that's usually uh, mild or asymptomatic COVID for people that are vaccinated. and that the vaccine is still at, at two doses, 70% effective against severe COVID, uh, and that the booster helps significantly beyond that because it kind of juices y'all back up. But um, the other thing the study found, which England is finding and everywhere else is finding, is that Omicron is definitely way catchier than Delta was, and Delta was pretty fucking catchy. Um The South African study said that the exponential spread of the Omicron wave is significantly higher than previous waves. However, at least as of now, their hospitalization numbers no longer mirror the trajectory of case numbers, which is the first time in the history of COVID. Usually when you see a spike of cases, you then see a spike of hospitalizations, and this time they are seeing a divergence between that relationship, which is all right by me, if you ask me. Dan, hmm. this has definitely been one. I, you know, it's, this has been, maybe it's the deadline. Maybe it's just the confusion. I had an actual moment here sitting at my desk yesterday that I was like, wow, I could really go for a cigarette. I don't smoke, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, and I really wanted one. Now, I, have I smoked? Yes. Far, far in the past, I have. Yeah. Um, I haven't so much as, you know, my finger on a cigarette in a very, very, very long time. I think they're disgusting. And yeah. yet there was just something in me that was like, oh boy, I could just really use a little something, something, you know, just. <laughs> 
it, the the confusion the confusion in my brain is getting louder, and I think yeah. that that's because there really just seem to be in a more confusing way than in the beginning, people that behave like they're still COVID and people that it's as if it never happened and they yeah. just do whatever. Yeah. And they're like, here we are at the water slide, just all touching each other's faces. And here we are in the breathe into a bag together party and like just doing stuff that I'm like, what? what? I, I don't understand. What are you doing? What's yeah. any, what's happening? Are there two worlds? Is there a world on the other side of the mirror? I just I don't know. Yeah, it is it is definitely I think a a hard time. You know, I think it's similar to when Delta kind of showed up on the scene. There's just that feeling of having the rug pulled out from under you, you know, mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, I kind of get this. I feel like I'm on solid ground. I, you know, I've been vaccinated. I understand the kind of parameters here. And then suddenly like, whoop, nope. Now it's, you got to figure it out again. It's like Jenga for your brain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One law gets removed. The whole thing falls down. Yeah. Ah, yeah. shit. But I mean, the at least minor good news is that some of the early theories appear to be playing out in terms of how uh, people are expecting Omicron to function in terms of it being... Uh, a little bit less uh, severe, but certainly very catchy, which can still overwhelm hospital systems and everything else if everyone is suddenly all sick at once, which is the worry. I, I have to say that at this point, I think as reflected in my getting the tests, in the beginning of covid when it was all over New York, I was like, well, we're going to get it. I mean, it seems very hard not to get this. Yeah. I mean, in the beginning when New York was truly on fire and we're sitting here in the middle of it, I was like, this is going to be really hard not to get. Yeah. We're going to have to do everything in our power not to get it. And we right. did everything in our power. But because things are kind of open and uh, like just today, they actually reinstated the you have to wear a mask again on the elevators. Right. Yeah. And the in public New spaces. New York State just in, in put their indoor mask mandate back in place. So did California. I'm telling you, I have already been in the laundry room today with someone without a mask on. So like, yeah. it's just going to be one of those things where I, and my in my head, I'm going, yeah, this is actually when we're going to catch it. We're, we're probably going to catch it this time. Yeah. It just feels just feels that. I don't, I'm not actually scared of that. I'm just like, right. Well, I mean, as, the good news it's is it's not terrifying. Like both it used to you be. and Oscar are boosted, yeah. you know, and there is, you know, relatively good data around yeah. uh, the efficacy of the boost and all of that. But yeah, no, I mean, I think that one thing that uh, we have been talking about a lot, me and Janice at our house is, you know, how you have to kind of, do your risk assessment regularly, you know, and adjust accordingly. Our big thing this week is that the little one went back to school. He hit his fun pass day on Monday. So two weeks post second vax. And uh, so he stepped foot in a school building for the first time since he was in preschool in March of 2020. And uh, and it's happening at a time 
that the school district we're in is seeing an increase in cases. So is the town. So is the state. You know, um, there are more kids out on quarantine right now in our school district than ever. You know, so you said the uh, of, the teen had another close brush with the uh... teen, I think, had his either third or fourth now covid note that came home. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's out there. And we prior to Monday, we're like, are we doing the right thing here? And it's like, you've got to you've mm. got to balance it all out. You know, we've been telling this kid for a long time that once he's vaccinated, he can go to school, you know, and that vaccinating him Mm. other than keeping him sequestered at the same level vaccination is the level of protection that we have right now that masks and the masks Mm. are required at his school you know so um so yeah we were like i think that we have done as much as we possibly can as parents and and uh you know and now it's time for him to go so maureen this is the first episode of says who since march of 2020 (laughs) where I could put together show notes without also running homeschool in the morning. And I don't I don't have the calendar up anymore. I'm trying to think if when we recorded that last episode if I was actually like in a hotel somewhere. Probably. I, I may have been like in a yeah, hotel it would have in been Georgia, like March 10th or something, yeah. 9th something. Yeah, so it's uh it's wild. We First day, we're recording this on Tuesday. His first, so his first day was yesterday. And uh, it was weird coming into the house. It was like, this is very quiet in here. Like, it's going to take some getting used to. And today I had that feeling that I get when I finish a big project of just sort of like my whole body mm-hmm. wants to go to sleep for a very long time. I definitely mm-hmm. have had that feeling all day today of just like, <sighs> So we'll see. How, how did he like school? He liked it. He um, it would it, it had been touch and go up to the day he went because actually last week he got sick and sick enough that we actually brought him in and he had to have a PCR test done on Friday because he just was had a fever and mm. was coughing and you know super congested and um and yeah PCR test negative thankfully. Uh, the doctor was like, but he's at home, right? And we're like, yeah. And she's like, is is the teen sick? And we were like, no. I mean, he was a few weeks ago, but not recently. And she's like, I don't understand where he would have gotten a cold. And we were like, well, we did bring him into the school on Monday to meet his teacher. And she's like, well, that's where it happened. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. But he was really sick. And it was like on Saturday, I like Janice and I were both really low. We were just like, I don't think he's going. Like we've been promising forever, but we can't send him this sick. Like one, he can't even like, he won't play n- the switch with his older brother. He feels so sick, you oh. know, like oh. we can't send him into school, but thankfully, uh, and the doctor had kind of predicted this on Friday. She was like, this, I think will burn itself out pretty quick and he's going to suddenly seem fine. And on Sunday it was clear that he was feeling a lot better. And, you know, he woke up Monday morning, just, you know, bouncing. So it was like, all right, we'll send him. So how was the day? Overall, it was really good. He crashed at recess. He just, <laughs> um, it was actually very funny. Me and Janice both, because they do recess outside and then they do lunch back in their classroom. And, um, and we knew 
they were out for recess. We were like, let's drive by and see him. And we drove by and he was just like sitting slumped on a bench. And we were like, oh, no, (laughs) you could read his body language from a really far distance of like, oh, he is out of gas. Oh, (laughs) it is only halfway through the day. And um, and we picked him up at uh, when they let out. He came running over to us and we were like, how's your day? And he's like, it was great. So uh, he bounced back. He did on the walk home burst into tears when describing recess because he was like, he was like, I was just so tired. I wanted to play, but I was so tired. And people kept asking me why I wasn't playing and I was just too tired. And so that was really sad. But he recovered after eating lunch and uh, actually had a really good day. Honestly, a better day than I expected. I mean, as a parent that has sent a kid off to school before, like it is, it's a, it's an adjustment. Like, you know, his schedule that we've had, he has like 90 minutes to just like fuck off and do nothing for, you know, around lunchtime. And it's like, it's a, it's a it was a low key schedule that he's had for a long time, but, um, but he did great. And the really good news is right before we recorded this today, we did another drive by of recess and he was off running sliding down a slide as we drove by. So uh, he seems to be doing all right. Last night, did he go to sleep early? Uh, no, he, he pretty much normal time. He what, So when we came home, uh, we were like, so how was it? Tell us. And he was like, well. And then literally launched into a 45-minute nonstop monologue of Minute blow by blow, minute by minute of the entire day. It's like talking to me. Yeah. But yeah, he woke up this morning, went off to school, happy as could be. So Little guy. I know. Now I have to contend with the fact that I suddenly have an entire mornings free every day. Well. Time for another three jobs. Yeah. When you say free, Dan, you just mean work. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not... I was running school from, you know, 9 a.m. till noon. So suddenly that's available to me. Both our little guys are back at school. Who's your little guy? Oscar. Oh, back at work. He goes, well, he's part time. Okay. He he goes in in the afternoon. Okay. He goes in after recess and lunch. He goes in after recess and he's after he's had a snack. Nice. Uh, He. I don't know. His work wants him to do a trip abroad in January. An important thing. And I'm like, is there a thing where you can't, you get, you don't go just because you have a piece of paper that says my wife doesn't want me to? Because <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a terrible teleconference, terrible idea during a pandemic and yeah. to go to a country that has not handled this pandemic well, no. historically. Um, no. And it makes her laugh nervously into a bag. (laughs) I mean, January is just a giant floating question mark. My mother asked me yesterday, what about your trip to England in January? And I didn't mean for it to come out this way. I was like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I will say your original logic of moving it to January feels solid. It was a... We will know more about Omicron and we will know more about the response, right? It was not, 
And so then we can just jump in a plane and go. It was so then we can actually have enough information to understand the situation and right. make a decision accordingly. So I think it was a smart move. Yeah. I mean, and if I mean, you were over there right now, good Lord. Oh, we, w- we would genuinely be arriving as the as the bonkers party started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but all the news articles, for whatever reason, are saying things like January. Sure to be terrible, especially here in London, where it'll be the worst. Oh, good. Perfect. Like 10-4, that seems great. But Dan, things are okay here too. In the US, we've got our shit together. Definitely. It'll all be fine. It'll all be fine. Omicron and all other ways. Other ways, Dan? Mm-hmm. Just today... Tuesday, the 14th of December, Maureen Johnson, Mm -hmm. former Trump chief of staff Mark Meadows is being charged with contempt of Congress after abruptly refusing to be interviewed by the House committee investigating the January 6th insurrection. This comes, his refusal came after originally agreeing to comply and after turning over over 9,000 documents to the committee. And then he suddenly decided, maybe I don't want to answer questions from these folks about the 9,000 documents that I turned over. Hmm. Can you, because it seemed like that guy was was doing a canary for a while. Yeah. And then he, he can you just not, I mean, is that, I didn't know that was an option, really. Well, you can no show. And then you can be charged with contempt. Mm-hmm. And then that charge could be turned over to the Department of Justice. So the way it works is the committee uh, yesterday, Monday, when we when day before we record, uh, voted to advance uh, a charge of contempt of Congress to the full House, which is expected to vote today and will likely vote um for contempt, then the Department of Justice has to decide that they will indict on contempt of Congress, which was an open question whether or not they would. They do not have a big history of doing that until they did exactly that on Steve Bannon just a few weeks ago. And when they charged Steve Bannon was basically when Meadows was like, yeah, you know what? I will actually comply with what you're doing. Um, But he had a change of heart. It could be due to the fact that people began to actually look at some of the documents that he he supplied, and they are fucking nuts. <clears throat> I have avoided reading any of this this week, Dan, so this is genuinely, truly, I, I've been following, I've been working and following UK stuff, so yeah. this is all going to be new to me in an exciting way. Well, there are two new and exciting things to discuss. The first is a PowerPoint and the mm-hmm. second is a series of texts. We will get to the text second. We will talk about the PowerPoint first. So Mark Meadows turned over a 36-page long PowerPoint entitled Election Fraud, Foreign Interference, and Options for January 6th. The PowerPoint appears to be authored in part by a guy named Philip Waldron, a retired U.S. Army colonel, and it was widely distributed among many on the right. Uh, it is not exclusively authored by Waldron. And in fact, nobody is entirely sure who made the thing originally. But it seems to be a lot of folks that at least kind of exist in the orbit 
of the my pillow guy and otherwise but this is a powerpoint that um that meadows had it's now been disclosed that meadows met with waldron at the white house multiple times after receiving this powerpoint um and it is a, a powerpoint that outlines how to have a coup it uh, starts in a place that anyone that's been paying attention to the nuts accusations of the election conspiracists would be familiar with the idea that China and Venezuela both wanted to compromise the 2020 election and specifically compromise election infrastructure. There's a whole bunch of something, something smartmatic and dominion in this mix. And the uh, PowerPoint then goes on to basically conclude that all of this succeeded. And it resulted in what they say are the fraudulent results of the 2020 election. Uh, this is exactly the sort of familiar territory that led to Rudy screaming on a landscaping loading dock back in November, uh, where the PowerPoint diverges from sort of Rudy's ravings is in the solutions that it suggests should happen. The first is that Donald Trump should declare a state of emergency and in declaring that state of emergency, uh, reject categorically all electronically cast votes in the 2020 election uh, and also disqualify all counterfeit paper ballots uh, in the election as well. And then to recount all of the legitimate ballots. Uh, and they say that that will then help to restore confidence in our election. Part of the way that they want to do that is by putting together, quote, a task force to produce a standard procedure for counting these ballots. Now, one thing to keep in mind, Maureen, the United States does not have federal guidelines for how to run elections, how to count elections or anything like that, because that's literally not how our country works. Right. So right. all of the things being declared here don't exist in our structure. Uh, but yes, so you put together a task force to produce a standard procedure for how to count these votes. Bizarrely, the uh, PowerPoint suggests that the person to lead this task force is a guy named Sid Gutierrez, who's a mm -hmm. former astronaut. Sure, Sid Gutierrez, everybody. Yeah. It's big Sid. Old trustworthy Sid. Old space Sid. <laughs> now, you might wonder, counting... A whole bunch of, uh, well, first assessing and rejecting and mm -hmm. then counting the leftovers uh, seems like a lot of work. The PowerPoint suggests the way to do this is by federalizing the National Guard, mm. uh, by utilizing the Department of Homeland Security for IT work and the U.S. Marshals as well to secure the ballots. The document's detailed enough to describe that you would use uh, National Guard troops in teams of three to count the ballots, though it also goes on to say the first couple of counties, you might need teams of five. The scale of three and five and the number of ballots that would need to be counted seems to me to be a lot bigger than a little group of National Guards people. But, you know, what do you do? Right. Uh, all of this would take some time. And so that's the second half of this fucking PowerPoint, which is where January 6th comes in. Because January 6th, for those of us that remember, is the day that the electoral votes are ratified in the U.S. Congress and Vice President Mike Pence sits uh, 
and does the final work. So they offer three options here. The first would be that Pence would seat alternative seats of Republican electors from states where they believe fraud that occurred. And it's important to remember that there were Republican electors named by various state uh, representatives. None of them were officially recognized, but uh, these alternative Republican electors did exist. Uh, The other option was that simply Pence rejects electors from states where they believe fraud occurred. And the election results would simply be decided by the remaining electoral votes instead of by uh, the traditional 270 to get you over the the top. Uh, And then the final option they put forward was that Pence simply delays the decision until the vote counting uh, by the National Guard could happen. It's wild, Maureen. And the wildest thing is that imagine the sort of very shitty, boring PowerPoints that you've seen in your life with like clip arts and drop shadows and bad fonts. Mm -hmm. It's a coup done just like that. Mm -hmm. Does it have those uh, in the intros and outro? The slides go whoop. Uh, I, the a PDF of it. I don't know what animations, but one oh, yeah, assumes yeah, 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 they probably yeah, yeah, yeah. had a lot of animations in between <laughs> each. Spirals one. in. Oh yeah, sweet. Um, it is entirely a. Are you taking notes on a criminal fucking conspiracy? Except yeah. this time, it's not notes, but a fucking PowerPoint. Yeah. Of exactly how to do it. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um. And it's worth noting that, again, the person that kind of is widely believed to be one of the key authors in it and certainly played a big part in distributing it, this guy, Philip Waldron, met with Mark Meadows a bunch of times in the Oval Office. I don't want to editorialize, Dan, but this doesn't seem good. It's not. Okay. It's not good. I mean, yeah, it's not. It it seems like the main way that uh, I have seen people on the right in both media and politics try to dismiss the PowerPoint is this wasn't some kind of top secret PowerPoint. I mean, I got a copy of it in November. <laughs> it seems to have been widely disseminated. And it is fucking nuts. And so great. Anything else? Well, uh, as they were preparing their contempt charges last night, the January 6th committee member Liz Cheney read text messages that Meadows had received on January 6th as the insurrection was taking place. People were texting Meadows, begging him to get the president to intervene. Um, a bunch of them were Fox News hosts. <laughs> Laura Ingram texted, Mark, the president needs to tell people in the Capitol to go home. This is hurting all of us. He is destroying his legacy. Fox and Friends co-host Brian Kilmeade texted him pleading to get the president on TV because the riot was, quote, destroying everything you've accomplished. Sean Hannity, who absolutely has a direct line to the president, also sent Meadows a text asking him to get Trump to make a statement and to ask people to leave the Capitol. 
So do you think that Hannity was also calling Trump directly that day? One would assume. One would assume, right? Yeah, So one would uh, assume. So, you know, was he not taking his calls or was he like, talk to him? Talk to your boy. I don't know. Uh, The text also from Meadows included texts from politicians that were trapped inside the Capitol, begging him to get the president to intervene. And most shockingly, Maureen, multiple texts from none other than Dojo. Donald Trump Jr. Quote, he's got to condemn this shit ASAP. Trump Jr. texted Meadows, quote, the Capitol Police tweet is not enough. Meadows then responded something like, I know, I know. And Dojo responds, we need an Oval Office address. He has to lead now. It has gone too far and gotten out of hand. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Dojo. So Meadows, uh, not not so chatty now. Yeah. It's going to be a little icy Christmas down in Mar-a-Lago. It's not going to it's going to be awkward when he's sitting there at the table. Yeah. So what is going to happen to Mark Meadows? Uh, One would assume that he will follow the same trajectory of Steve Bannon, that in a few weeks uh, he would be indicted by the Department of Justice. Uh, the way the DOJ did it last time was they put a grand jury together first. So uh, would guess that would be the case, then indicted for contempt of Congress. And then, uh, you know, a court date will be set. In Steve Bannon's case, the court date is in July. Mm-hmm. Get so, right on it. Yeah, get right on that. Right on it. Uh, so, you know, maybe... His court date would happen before the 2022 midterms. Maybe. Here's a question that I have, Maureen. I don't want this question. Dojo Mm. texting Mark Meadows, Mm -hmm. begging him to get the president to, quote, condemn this shit ASAP. Yeah. Dojo doesn't have his dad's phone number, does he? Now, we know that Hannity is texting Meadows yeah. and Hannity has it. Right. I I think Dojo's got one of the phone numbers. You do? I don't think I it's don't the know. cell phone. I think it's like a landline. <laughs> He's got a phone number. <laughs> it's, a, it's a landline in Trump Tower. Hello. It just rings and rings. Hello. Dad. Hello. It's just a weird old guy that answers. Hello. What? Hello. I just want to um, merge awesome things here for a second, Dan. Uh-huh. And uh, don't worry, everybody. There's no trigger warning necessary. Everything I'm about to say is contained in the following sentence. J.K. Rowling, transphobic. Oh, That's boy. it. Don't worry. Like, I'm not getting into it. That's the whole thing. Okay. So, so don't panic. Just saying, she did a transphobic thing. She's constantly doing that. Like, that's yeah. her only thing. Once you really go down the transphobic slide, it's your only move. It becomes like the purpose of your life. You're like, yeah. well, I could just wake up and do this today. I could do anything else. I have a yeah. billion dollars to live in a castle, but this is the path I chose. And she did her, her thing. And guess who retweeted her? Dojo. Dojo. Perfect. The streams... Do not cross the streams, Dan. 
The streams are being crossed. Uh, let me throw a theory out. Maybe they aren't crossing streams. Maybe they're all the same fucking stream. Ding, ding, ding. Well, to just wrap it up, Maureen, because I want to share the most pleasing name that exists in this whole entire fucking shit bong of a story. Uh, after the committee uh, put forward their uh, recommendation for contempt to the House, Mark Meadows' lawyer issued a statement. Mark Meadows' lawyer, Maureen, is named George Terwilliger the third. No, he's not. George Terwilliger the third. Is he from Philadelphia? I don't know where he's from. Philadelphia. So he seems like he's from a castle with that name. I grew up on the Cape. Oh, Hi, George. it's me, George Terwilliger the third. Have you seen one of my boats? I've lost them. George Terwilliger III, even as a grown man, I would assume is wearing one of those helicopter beanies and licking a giant lollipop. I'm sure this is all going to go great. Anyway, George Terwilliger III issued a statement saying that a referral of a senior presidential aide for, uh, for charges would be unwise because it would do great damage to the institution of the presidency. As if coordinating a coup over PowerPoint and ignoring the panic tasks of supporters wasn't doing damage to the institution of the presidency enough. Well, that's, um, are they going to be more organized the next time, Dan? Oh, without a doubt. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Without a doubt. You know, there's at least, I think, a a good chunk of this was relatively spontaneous. It was not point-by-point planned. Mm. That certainly aspects of it were planned. There was sort of best case scenarios, all of which came to pass, right? Um, but I think that there is a level of spontaneity to this that definitely won't exist the next time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As we were talking, someone else I knew tested positive for COVID. Oh, good. I don't mean to laugh. It's a weird nervous laugh tick. It's that. It's just a. It's just a tick at this point, guys. I'm definitely getting the same feeling that I had this summer when suddenly it felt like everyone I knew was getting COVID, and I think we are reaching another similar inflection point. Look, you guys, it's all right. It's going to be all right. Let's stick together as a group. Um, keep in mind that it's still COVID. Yeah, it's still COVID. There's a lot to be hopeful about. Yes, there's a lot to be. Masking. Yes, 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 yes. Being vaccinated and boosted is like having COVID superpowers. So we can think about having it without thinking it's like world ending. It's like, okay, like we could get it, but our bodies can fight it now. 
Good masks help a lot. Don't wear cloth masks anymore. Get good ones. If you can't afford a pack of good ones, I will buy you a pack of good ones. Send an email to hey, H-E-Y, at sayswhopodcast.com. Um, I'm glad you just said that because I'm going to take the cloth mask. We have multi-level, like really yeah. good cloth masks, but I'm going to take those off and put yeah. them. Go N95, KN95. Refresh them every now and then. Get the pack uh, out. You know, a 10 pack nowadays costs eight, 10 bucks. Uh, and there are good ones available. Again, if you can't afford it, I will mail you some good masks. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, good masks are important. Indoors ain't great. Maybe don't do indoor dining this holiday season. I still, still have not done that, Dan. Yeah. No, no plans on doing it anytime. And no. again, I really feel sometimes like, the weird child that I'm like, I'm, I haven't done it. And <laughs> yeah, we, uh, Janice and I did, um, a little bit of Christmas shopping this weekend and, uh, went to a Korean grocery store, which has just been impeccably masked from day one. Um, and then also went to Ikea, which is bad on a good day. And uh, I, there was a point where we were in line where I was like, am I going to have to intervene? Because I think Janice is about to get in a fight. <laughs> there a woman were, after my own heart. There were a lot of unmasked people uh, all around us. Am I going to have um, to chase that woman around again? Yeah. If, she, if she shows up unmasked, I'd chase her down the street, calling her a crusty. Crusty, unmasked bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it was still not my finest moment. <laughs> it was a pretty fine moment, though. I was really pushed to the limit that day. <laughs> wasn't anyway. my high, wasn't my best moment. Says who is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who our Patreon, where every Sunday you can get a whole bonus episode of this very podcast. If you give it the five or $10 a month level. And don't forget, if you need some last minute gifts, you can go to merch.saysupodcast.com and you can go to kickbezosintheballs.org. You can get books, you can get merch. There's all kinds of stuff at those two web addresses for you. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo is designed by Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y at Says Who Podcast.com. Join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash says whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. There's also a fan run discord at tinyurl.com slash says who discord. And please spread the word, subscribe, leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. And you can join us next Wednesday, December 22nd. How dare you? I don't even know how that's possible. How dare you, Dan? For our very next episode, that's going to have to be some kind of Christmas spectacular. I'll make it. A, we'll make it a Christmas. Don't worry, you guys. And if you you don't do Christmas, you know we'll we'll make it. We'll make it welcoming to everybody. Yes, it's just a holiday happiness. Holiday happiness coming to you. Because what could possibly make us unhappy this holiday season, Maureen? From my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. I just want to say that there's been a little news flash on the whole UK oh, good. Christmas party thing from the ITV 
reporter who brought us the video. Uh -huh. Exclusive. Were police aware of the Downing Street Christmas party? ITV News understands that an alarm was triggered accidentally that night inside number 10, leading security slash police to respond. Perfect. <laughs> How dumb do you have party. to be that you, you're having a secret party that no one can know about? And someone's like, whoops. And they just pulled the... They <laughs> Good. Now, this is the one thing we can't have happen, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Maureen is currently face down on her desk. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. They're terrible people. I just doing don't understand things. a bunch of stuff. <laughs> The thing I don't understand is how this was kept secret for a year. People seem to have known about it. Right. It's just they didn't have proof for a while. Yeah. And then they got proof in the form of a video and a bunch of pictures. And then, you know, that someone hitting the alarm. <laughs> Apparently police are refusing to investigate this um, development. Perfect. Well, until next time. When everything will be right and cheery and holiday -y. Hey, you guys, we're going to have a party next week. It's a holiday party. Sure. Everybody is welcome at the holiday, says Whovia Party. We're going to, damn, next week, no news. Because there won't be I any news it. next week. No news. We're just going to straight up have a holiday party for everybody. I love it. You like it? I love it. Will there be news? No. Probably there will be some news. No, nope, we're not going to do it. Everyone's going to take the take. We're the not week doing off. it. That's right. No, here news. we go. Yes, jingle, 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 fucking jingle. We love you. <laughs> Dan, why are you laughing? I just, you know. Dan. You just get a moment where you sort of stare off into the middle distance, and I know that I just have to strap in for a while. <laughs> ah, this has been. Says this is just. Who. This has just been. It's just been, <laughs> and it's continuing. It continues, and it will in the future be. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> See you at the dojo, and death to the fascist insect that preys on the lives of the people. <laughs> how I sign all my holiday cards with the sign off of the Symbionese Liberation Army. I am Maureen Johnson. And this has been Says Who. <laughs> <laughs>